0: Hey guys, welcome to podcast episode number 22 on the podcast Positive Impact with Andrew Schultz. I'm your host, Andrew Schultz, and today we have a very special guest, uh, my dear friend, Dr. Peter McKay. Uh, Dr. Peter McKay is a board-certified chiropractor in the state of California and a qualified medical evaluator. Dr. Makai has an extensive career in sports injuries, industrial medicine, and physical rehab. In over 35 years of clinical work, Dr. McKay has treated patients ranging from infants to senior citizens, as well as world-class athletes from all major sports. As a founding member of the Titleist Performance Institute Advisory Board, Dr. Makai is bringing the Ultimate Golf Fitness Program to Elite Performance Institute. He has worked with hundreds of professional athletes from the PGA, LPGA, NFL, NHL, and MLB. As a consultant with a TPI medical team, he has helped rehab and prevent injuries in many of the best golfers in the world. Dr. Mankai has been featured on the Golf Channel in his role as a world-renowned expert in biomechanics and the golf swing. He developed the Core Grip golf exercise device, which is used extensively by tour players was showcased on the Golf Channel and is now featured on GolfGrip.com. In addition to the core grip golf exercise device, Dr. McKay is the co-designer of numerous health and fitness products, including the therapeutic sleeping pillow, the therapeutic spinal back support for chairs, and the therapeutic spinal orthodox auto support. Finally, Dr. McKay is a graduate of this prestigious University of Toronto and an honors graduate of the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. Without further ado, I bring you Dr. Peter McKay.
1: Gee, I gotta live up to that now. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew. Nice to be here. So
0: a little context for the audience. That was a hell of a bio, by the way. You know, I first met Doc um, a year and a half ago. I was working at Lulu. I'm in UTC, and Doc came in and he had a couple of pairs of shorts that he handed to me and said, I got a problem with these. These need to be repaired prepared. I got to get new ones. And I was like, huh. Okay. So we picked out a couple of new pairs of shorts. And, and as I was ringing them up, he looked at my posture and he said, I need some work on my posture. And he said, book an appointment with me and I'll get you taken care of. And this is a guy I had no idea who he was. And after Dr. McKay left the store, my buddy, Charlie, who was a big golfer comes up to me. He's like, dude, Andrew, do you know who that was? I was like, no, just seemed like a nice guy. He's like, that's Dr. Peter McKay. He's like the tough." top golf doctor in the whole country. I was like, really? And so that was how I met Doc. That's how we met Lululemon a year and a half ago. And here we are. And, um, a lot has changed. A lot has, um, occurred in the last year and a half. Um, I want to just recognize you and honor you for your friendship. You always take care of me. You just gave me a little treatment before we got started. And, uh, I just want to say thank you for, um, a pl- I'm grateful for your friendship. I'm grateful for having you in my life. And it's a real honor to have you on.
1: Perfect. And it's it's great to see how you've grown in the last year and a half. I love what you're doing, having this on and your growth with the yoga and, and spreading the word and trying to help educate the masses to what they can be doing to help themselves. It's, that's what it's all about, passing it down, right? Yep. Um, so you, you were born in England. Yeah.
0: So is that why... Being a golf enthusiast, is it in your blood?
1: Is that why you're so passionate about golf? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think my dad would laugh at that one. God bless his soul. Uh, No, I think what happened is I played a lot of sports growing up. And being in Canada, you know, you gravitated towards it, would be seasonal hockey on the on the frozen ponds. So literally. you were born in England and then you moved uh, to Canada. Yeah, yeah. Canada. I'm sorry, yeah. So uh, I was short-lived in, in England. Three years of age into Canada. My dad was in shipbuilding, so we traveled a lot and, and moved around a lot. And uh, so I got indoctrinated into the Canadian culture fairly quickly. And uh, as, as a kid, it was all about kicking, throwing, running, and getting out there. And So that's, that's where my love of sports started. Mm. And specifically the golf, I can remember how that transition happened. And my dad, being a Scot, he was, he, he encouraged it. But in Canada, and especially in those days, there wasn't a lot going on. But I got introduced to some legendary golfers very early. I mean, I caddied in the 1967 PGA in, in, in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada, and uh, Mo Norman, who's like considered for those people who know golf they'll know about the legendary mo norman and george newtson were in my same foursome that i caddied in and it was like the beginning of of my entree into that whole world and i 15 years later after that pga event i got i graduated and the first thing i did before i bought a house or bought anything is i bought a membership in the number one golf course in toronto and canada the national and george just happened to be the director of golf there So that was uh, that was my introduction to that world. And with some really amazing mentors, it, it took off from there.
0: So did you know at that moment you wanted to do something with golf with your life's work?
1: I think what happened was I was I played everything I wasn't that good at anything I was I was I was pretty good at certain sports but there's there's a point in time where you realize you know academically I always did pretty well so I knew I was going to do fine mm-hmm. and I didn't ever think that I was going to be a professional athlete so my mind was directed f- early on into, okay. And I remember reading an article, I must've been about 14 or 15. And it was a golf writer that wrote the article. And he talked about the fact that I couldn't play the game, but I could be around it. And he was, uh, it was that, was, that was another one of those defining moments for me realizing, you know what? Uh, my, my parents had wanted me to go into dental school and I got hurt my senior year. I was playing pretty good I was I, I got scouted to play uh, quarterback at the University of Toronto and I was you know pretty outstanding in high school but that's about as far as it was going to go really and I got hurt my senior year and uh, I had uh, a back injury and I remember I could still feel it I had about three cortisone shots and after basketball after season was coming basketball season and I remember sitting Having to sit on the bench, waiting my turn to get out there and being writhing in pain. Eventually, I saw a chiropractor. He said, "Oh, it's no problem." And uh, that was my change from wanting to be a dentist to being a chiropractor. So, personal experience that took me down a different path, and uh, and uh, also the the chiropractic model was perfect for me because being introduced to the the world of performance and sports and rehab, it. It took me down down that lane where I ended up working with the Toronto Blue Jays and Maple Leafs, and that was a lot of fun. So how did you end up in San Diego? Well, again, we go back to golf, and my, my partner at the time had moved to Los Angeles, and he was the chiropractor to the stars, and he kept saying to me, you know, you've got to come down here. You want to play golf. So my wife and I had looked around, and we, we, we uh, looked at every state, but it all came down to if I wanted to play golf... And be around golf uh, 12 months of the year, this was the place to be. And how long ago was that? 1993. You've been he- here ever since? hmm Yeah. So one of the things,
0: after, as I read through your bio, which was amazing, so much you've accomplished and so many people that you've impacted in the whole point of this podcast is positive impact, to highlight people who are doing rad shit, who are making a difference in the community. That's something that you are definitely doing, not only in this community Communities throughout the country. Um, Your achievement last year was not mentioned, and that is your introduction into
1: the uh, Hall of Fame last year. Tell the audience what that was about. Yeah, I I guess that bio needs to be updated. Yeah, you need to talk about (laughs) that. Well, I was privileged to be asked to be involved with Dr. Greg Rose and Dave Phillips with uh, TPI, which is like the forerunner of golf fitness, the golf fitness industry that paralleled Tiger Woods' career. And uh, as an early founding member, I guess you get old enough and they say, well, we'll start a Hall of Fame. <laughs> so basically, that's what happened. I got honored with Tom House and, and uh, Randy Myers and Mike Voigt and Al and a select group. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was quite an honor, you know, to be on this side of the turf and, and be in a Hall of Fame.
0: And that, those are pretty impressive people who you're on the hall with. And Tom House, the quarterback whisper.
1: yeah yeah Tom, Tom Tom's. Tom's the legendary he's had an impact on my career and on all of us you know he he's he's an outside of the box thinker and very much into what's happening with artificial intelligence and his impact is I mean he's he's taken a lot of guys that whose careers have been over and brought them back mm-hmm. and you know you just you don't have to look any further than Tom Brady to see some of the effects that Tom House has had Andrew Drew Brees, mm-hmm. Drew Brees was the first and Drew would, would tell you personally, Tom House was the man. Mm. So
0: speaking of mentors, like growing up, who are some of the mentors that really helped shape you and guide you and to get you to where you are today? Because we all know we need people around us to lift us up, to inspire us, to hold us accountable. We can't do it alone. So who are some people in your life that you really looked up to that helped get you to where you are today?
1: Well, that group right there from TPI, as I as I move backwards through time, um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to see a lot of amazing people. In my experiences at University of Toronto, I got to see uh, Charles Best, who was the co-discoverer of insulin. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. He came to our class on his 75th birthday. I mean, we've got this Nobel Prize winner who discovered insulin coming into our class. Uh, Hans Selye, you know, the vitamin C again Nobel Prize winner uh, Norman Vincent Peel the power of positive thinking yeah I mean this is th- these are parts of my early career going to Madison Square Garden to see Norman Vincent Peel I mean that was powerful stuff um, so I, I've been blessed to be academically in situations where I get exposed to the cream of the crop some of my professors at University of Toronto. Pushing the buttons on—I can remember going into zoology labs and trying to understand how nerves were affecting the regrowth of limbs on, on geckos, on salamanders, right? And that—that—that that, that was an early part of my career that had a, a profound effect to this day. As I'm working on, on applied neuroscience concepts and the axoplasmic flow, how does the energy get through a nerve? And that's—that's uh, that's an area that's got my interest. I. I hope I'm not running out of time because I, I want to explore that to the limit. The whole area of, of, uh, of brain science and neuroscience right now is having such an impact on, uh, and it's so needed because we have such a young group of individuals, the young brains that aren't necessarily developing appropriately, the ADDs, mm. learning disabilities. And then we have people my age that are coming in with all kinds of early signs of degenerative brain disease, it's not a coincidence that the two most vulnerable errors or or um, demographics are exposed to, um, you know, problems. And why is that happening? And that's elderly and kids. Yeah. Yep. And so we need to come up with the why. You always have to ask the why is this happening mm-hmm. to those groups? And you know, it's pointing towards obviously ex- exposure to inflammatory complexes. Be it uh, with kids with. Um, whose brains haven't developed appropriately, then they're going to succumb more to stress to key areas, like the prefrontal cortex, for example, mm. is an area that's so important with decision-making and suppression of, uh, of certain, uh, you know, behaviors. So um, kids are, are really going, going to be um, predisposed to that. Now with the elderly, why, one of the things that happens with with older patients is whatever you nurture, that's going to be uh, your strong, strong suit. But if you don't nurture it, I'll never forget it. about three years ago, I had a lady come in who had a slip and fall and broke her hip. First thing she said to me is I never uh, played any sports. I never developed any coordination skills. And so that part of your brain, the cerebellum, if you haven't ever worked it or developed it, If you don't use it, you lose it. Mm. And the brain's Mm. tendency is to prune away what you're not using. And that's all about energy conservation and laws of thermodynamics get involved. and, And the body's pretty smart. If you're not using it, then why waste the energy on it? So if you can pick that up in a 40-year-old in a and, and make them realize that, you know what, you're already showing signs of not being able to balance appropriately. Let's make sure you have the right exercises and maybe we can ward off some of the inevitables here, right? So in the clinical world, that's what I'm really interested in right now is trying to be prophylactic, preventative, uh, make people aware of uh, some of the consequences of what's happening with our toxic environment, you know, mm-hmm. Uh, my wife made me watch that movie a couple weeks ago called stink and that was pretty uh, eye-opening with respect to you know a family who who'd gone down the road of exposing the fact that uh, the kids pajamas were so full of fire retardants that it was a huge carcinogenic uh, issue right and this individual in the movie took took it to the Powers it be to challenge it, right? Mm. So we do have a lot of things going on in our environment. I think we need to focus on our our immediate environment, and of course, we have to worry about the world. Yeah, but it all starts at home, right? And that's I'm glad of you. this is a great
0: segue because I know for you, you take care of yourself. You're very disciplined in what you eat, what you put in your body, what you listen to, what you read. And so, two of the things that I really want to um, talk about that would help give context to people listening, um, tools is what we put in our bodies for food. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about what you do for yourself. Um, because food is a big part of that overall health and wellness. And then we'll talk about, um, I think sleep's a big piece of it too. Mm-hmm. So talk about, uh, like just what you do. Uh, I know you cut out caffeine and alcohol. You're, you're leading by example. So talk about that.
1: Right. Well, you know, I, I always try to qualify my route and not try to be judgmental with my patients. Mm -hmm. I play old timer softball and I'm playing with guys that, you know, have been out of law school, for example, for 40 years. I'm not going to give them lectures on how to live their life. And I do try to lead by example, but I don't want to be judgmental. I don't Mm want to say you should do this or you shouldn't do that. And I I really have a problem with um, some of, some of the concepts You know, I've said to you many times, if we could just wipe out drugs and alcohol, I think we'd have a better world. Mm. But that's not going to happen. And I think that there's something about living your life the way you want to that and and having the joy. When you look around the world and you look at what's called the blue zones, you know what the blue zones are. Well, the blue zones are those areas in the world. There's about five or six or whatever the number is where we have longevity. And, yeah, we have plant-based diets and we have... The, the, in Sardinia for example, they have their therapeutic doses of red wine. But uh, unfortunately what happens in our society, a lot is driven by the Madison Avenue marketing mm. push. And we get conditioned to think we can't have a meeting without having a glass of wine or we can't have a meeting without going to a coffee shop and having an espresso. And that's what drives me personally. I hate to think that anything has control of me and I hate to think that I'm addicted to anything. So when I'm trying to advise people on diet, the first thing I ask them is, what do you crave? Because usually, whatever it is you're craving, if you look at the list of what their symptoms and patterns are, it'll be very consistent with whatever it is they crave. Mm -hmm. And the biggest craving for most of us revolves around two things sugar and salt. And a lot of people have used the comment recently that sitting's the new. New smoking, sitting is the new smoking. And I see how, where that comes from, from lack of movement is a problem, right? But I think really sugar is the new smoking. And I think the, the diet sodas and different things. I I use a, a you you know, that one of the devices I use is the beamer, the pulsed magnetic field that for longevity and performance. I use that and I specifically uh, I, I won't put somebody on it if there's drink explain to the audience what that explain more what the beamer is the, the beamer's uh, uh, a specialized uh, recovery blanket that's come out of germany and it's been used pulsed electromagnetic fields have been used for years for stimulating circulation uh, and so the application at night when you go to sleep it's a blanket. Right, right. I, I use that, and I use it for performance enhancement, and as do a lot of athletes right now. It's part of that whole recovery thing. But but um, it's being used across the board with veterinarian. Uh, the the uh, Kentucky Derby winner was using it last year. I mean, yeah. Mm. And that's when I got reintroduced to it. I used to have a form of that technology when I was working with the Blue Jays that I used, But anyway, I, I lost my track. Going, how did I get to the Beamer? We were talking about
0: uh, <laughs> the uh, New York. The uh,
1: you don't like people having control over you. Market to you like with the addictions. Right, right. So if if you look at, at um, if you look at what it is that drives you, if if some people, for example, they'll get conditioned to have a glass of wine after dinner. And most of those people, if you give them a handful of grapes, that'll satisfy their urge Mm -hmm. because it's really the sugar that they're craving. Now, obviously, once it gets to become a problem, per se, with alcohol, then you're at another level. Mm -hmm. But for the average person, if they just try that little trick, you know, after dinner, yeah, I'd really like a glass of red wine. I feel like relaxing. Whatever they've convinced themselves they're conditioned for, right, have a handful of red grapes. Watch what happens. You'll say, I don't want that wine anymore, right? Mm Anyway, it, what I like to um, push to my my um, my peers and people that I have any influence over is that you know when it comes to these blue zones, the common denominator is that there's a sense of community and a sense of relationships that are developed, and that seems to be the common denominator, which revolves around our pleasure principle and being happy Mm. and not being alone. Mm. There's nothing worse than being isolated. I think that, so if you look at all the areas in your world where you have longevity, that's one of the things. And altitude seems to be a positive factor with, you know, but I think the other thing that, so for example, for the average person who hasn't been through the addictive process, who's never had a real problem with alcohol or drugs. A small amount of many things that are t- tend to be poisonous can be very advantageous. And by that, that, there's a Greek expression called formite, F-O-R-M-I-T-E, which means that we need to be pushed. So the analogy I'll give a mother, for example, is if, if you put your child in a bubble over there and they don't get exposed to the dirt and playing and the runny noses and all that, then they don't develop their immune system. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get exposed to it, you're not going to be able to thrive. And that, con- that Greek concept is you need to push the body a little bit. Guys like Wim Hof, they know that. That's why they're expounding mm-hmm. on their concepts of the ice baths and the extreme and all that. Um, so if someone, I, I can't ever forget get the picture out of my mind of this little Spanish um, farmer. And they had a picture of him in the paper two years ago. He had a little, little uh, cherub of a face, round face with a big smile on his face. And he was 105 years old. And he passed away and they had this obituary and it was on on, on the news. And they talked about the fact that he never drank anything but his own organic wine. And he had from his farm, he'd take out a thousand liters every year <laughs> <laughs> and he'd have two to three liters of wine, red wine every day. Right. Obviously biodynamic and, and <laughs> pesticide free, but I couldn't help but think, now wait a minute, no water, mm. no milk, just wine. Mm. Now, how can that happen? (laughs) Would he not need to have his 10 glasses of water a day? And you see everybody running to the gym and they've got their water, like they can't be without water for five minutes. You know, it, it comes down to, obviously he was a happy man. He died with a smile on his face, 105 years old, but now was he climbing Mount Kilimanjaro? Was he, was he ultra riding mountain bikes like you do? And you know, Mm -hmm. was he doing all this stuff? No. Because once you start to challenge your body to another level, then you've got to fuel your body to another level. You've got to be more concerned about different aspects of hydration, et cetera. But if you're content to be at a certain level of function, then who's to say that you need to Mm. add protein and add this and add that. It doesn't make any sense. So I think the the bottom line from all of that is be happy, Mm. be communal, have a sense of community, be be involved. I love that
0: because, um, and you know, when I first met Doc, um, I shared the story of my recovery and being sober for almost four years now, and that's why when we talk about the addiction, um, you know, for me, addiction was isolation, disconnection, and then the recovery is connection. And so I'm so glad you brought that up because that, you know, I, I just I was, I was so alone, and I would isolate, I didn't have anybody around. And just this sense of community and this reconnection and connection is what recovery is all about. And, you know, that's what they, that's what the blue zone
1: is. It's all about community and connection, right? Yeah. I love that. And, and it's, it's, uh, when you find your way th- that in, in with, with those tools, I think you're going to have success when you arbitrarily get pushed into using your willpower, mm-hmm. you can't. You can't sustain willpower. I agree. It doesn't work. That's right. You have to have another plan, and that's where you know the, the options of how do you how do you get your juice, how do you get your how do you get your pump? It's got to be from something that's going to make your body better versus um, trying to force yourself to have the willpower. Too many kids are told that oh, you don't, you just don't have enough willpower. I. I, th- I that's don't how I grew that,
0: up. That, the household I grew up in and it was mirrored to me just my dad saying you gotta have willpower you know it was that's that's all i knew and and working hard and grinding and sacrificing and um yeah i can relate and you know i'm just glad i was able to get help and be in be in a place where i can now change the narrative and change the message so because i know you work with a lot of young kids yeah and what better way what more rewarding thing to do than connect with these kids and give them the chance to be successful at life and that's in a nutshell, what you do.
1: Yeah, that's you know my passion is that, uh, that that when you when you can try to have an influence and be a positive influence on the way someone develops their passions, then you're then you're successful, right? And you'd like to think you can do it with your own family, and it starts there, and and you want to try to. Uh, in my world, I I get exposed to so many people that come in here, and they've had no. Uh, No education with respect to everything's been driven by our so-called Western medical model, which obviously is broken. Mm -hmm. I mean, when it comes to crisis care, we do we got the best in the world. But when it comes to wellness and health, if you look at the uh, if you look at the statistics, uh, United States and Canada we're we're way down the list when it comes to and e- even certain areas in United States are even worse than others with respect to. in mm-hmm. California we're kind of trending in the right direction you know but you, you look around the globe and look around the world and you see they, they're doing things differently and we need to we need to get off our couches and we need to get um, open our eyes to what really matters uh, not be so materialistic I don't think and uh, you know, your, your, your true net worth is, is your health. It doesn't, doesn't go beyond that. I don't care how much money you've got in the bank. You could have all the money in the world and then you turn around tomorrow and you don't have your health. You realize you can't run up that hill or jump out of that plane or do what you go skiing or whatever. That's your true net worth, right?
0: The true net worth is your health. Yep. Beautiful. Um, and so I want to give you credit, um, and just again, kind of Acknowledge you because you're always on the cutting edge. And I love what you're doing with the stuff for the brain and the connection with everything that you just talked about. I think that's going to be um, really neat to see what comes out. I know you're doing a lot of things with uh, some apps, some brain exercises. Um, so we will definitely stay tuned to that. Um, but I want to get to a more, more important subject. We talk about community connection, family. Your wife, Linda, she's the boss. I know how much of a dynamic relationship that you and Linda have. Every time you come into this store, you have her with you. You guys do everything together. If you look at docs, social media feed, um, it's really neat. And it's really unique nowadays to have such a successful marriage, a happy marriage, a a true partnership. Um, talk to us about your wife, Linda, your relationship, how dynamic she is. Um, because none of that, not, nothing else matters of everything we've talked about over 27 minutes. It all comes back to relationships and family, right?
1: Talk right. to us about Linda. Right. Yeah, obviously. There's, there's no doubt that uh, having a strong partner makes so much difference. And, and people confuse having a strong partner and a good relationship with seeing eye to eye. <laughs> There's not a lot of seeing eye to eye. As a matter of fact, it's the contra coup, It's the yin yang that I think is the magic. And I think what I have w- with Linda is an individual who's so practical and so logical. And um, she doesn't come from uh, a background that allows her to be academically oriented. She comes from a practical application. She 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 knows more about nutrition than just about any doctor I know. And it's because she's walked her talk and she's learned it through her own experiences and family experiences. And I think it, it's a wonderful situation that we could have with with households where, um, somebody has to take the lead in overseeing, okay, well, you know, that's, that's really a lot of garbage and really this is the way we need to go. And in our family, it all started with, you know, my oldest son actually was, when, when I was um, single, I was very much into organic and and very concerned about, um, you know, what I put in my body and everything. But as you get young kids, it's very easy for families to start going down the other path mm-hmm. of what's convenient, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, and when my oldest son was uh, just in junior high school, he was already starting to push us back the other way. We never got too far off the path, mm. and we never went to McDonald's, so to speak, right? Yeah. But uh, it's it, it's the, the, the practical um, lifestyles that, in our case, it was the mother. It doesn't have to be the mother, but Linda took the, that role on, and to this day she introduced me to essential oils and uh, different things that have made a huge difference in my practice. I was using things that were toxic, like, you know, can't, I don't want to mention product names, but anything with chemicals in it. Mm. In this day and age, the, the vulnerable groups, the, the, the young females that might be susceptible to autoimmune issues, mm. when you start putting toxic chemicals in their bodies, they get uh, they get they can get an adverse immune response. So, um, the more we pay attention to this, and uh, she introduced me to pure oils that have been unbelievable mm. and have all the therapeutic benefits without the the toxic side effects. Um, and you know, the eye to eye, but you have to be in, in a way moving towards the same goal. And I think we do both have the same goals with trying to educate and spread, spread a message and try to do the right thing. You know? Awesome. I love it. Linda, uh, I know you're listening. I love you.
0: I appreciate having you in my life. And I know, um, it's just really neat to see the relationship that you guys have. And it's very inspiring for uh, a, other people to see what you guys have. And we want what you have. I know I want, speaking for me, I want what you guys have in a relationship. We like
1: can't that. have her, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. All right. So we're going to finish up things. We're going to deal with some rapid fire. Uh, a couple more minutes. So best advice you ever received. Best advice I ever received. Oh, or one piece of advice you would give your younger self?
1: I think I I already hit on it, and that is you, you, your your health is your is your true wealth, and and mm-hmm. and don't make it more complicated than that. You know, I I think that we get so caught up, especially in Mm-hmm. In my my youth, coming out of high school and college, my parents they that generation, baby boomers, parents they always wanted us to be better, to get get further ahead, and to do more, yeah. right? And you can't lose track of the fact that that being in a, in a in a healthy, happy lifestyle is the most important thing. It has nothing to do with material. Love I it. mean, I concur. Just to, yeah, I agree with you. Um, favorite book you ever read? Oh God. Huckleberry Finn one of my first, I used to get books every year when I, this, I don't want to, this sounds a little bit braggadocio, but in the school I went to, my dad used to laugh, he'd say, "Um, maybe next year we'll send you to a real school, because I used to come home after coming first in my class, I'd get a book. That, and it would be signed by the teacher. So for standing first in your class, you'd get a book yeah. signed. So I've got a whole series of those books that I read from third grade on. That 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 reminds me of of a, of a quick incident that I always wished I could I could push the button with my kids the best I could. My dad was a Scot, very uh, mild mannered, quiet, but super intelligent. He was a naval architect, draftsman, and Second World War was you know. Too, too young to really be in combat, but he was a bombardier. Anyway, a lot of experience, but um, very little patience when it came to, <laughs> I came home in the third grade and I couldn't do my fractions. And I remember the day specifically, and he didn't really say anything, but I couldn't do my fractions. And I remember the look on his face and I thought, oh my God, this must be important because he's obviously perturbed that I can't understand it. All my brothers and my sisters are so much smarter than I am, right? And from that day forward, at the end of that third grade, I was A-plus first in my class, and that continued from that point. So it was almost like this epiphany where I, I realized, oh, education's important. I'm not just supposed to be goofing off and running around and recess is my favorite class, right? The look. The look. The <laughs> look. Uh, what are you most proud of? Um, just being my family and being able to, you know, sit here in a situation like this and be able to talk about things that hopefully will make a difference mm-hmm. to, you know, other people, you know, having an influence. Any regrets? Uh, you know what? I, I tell Linda every day, if we won the lottery tomorrow, I, I would still, I might take a couple weeks off, but I'd still be back doing what i like to do. So I, no, I don't really have any regrets being able to see more, meet more, just be, have more of what I already have, Mm. the good stuff. Right. Got it. Uh, what do you want to be remembered for? Um, being fair, honest, reliable, you know, that's it. Favorite Lululemon product? I like this one I've got on right now. What what do you call it? He's wearing the Surge long sleeve (laughs) for the audience. He
0: is, he's in Lulu all the time. He's uh, I love my Lulu. He's a very, he's a huge brand enthusiast, enthusiast influencer. (laughs) Everybody loves it when he comes in. Um, All right. Two more questions. Um, If you could have dinner with four people, any four people in the history of the world, who would you have dinner with and
1: why? Well, my dad first of all because I can't now, mm. um, and I've met so many interesting people that I'd like to spend more time with. Um, I guess I better throw my mother in there too because I can't see her now. And that I, that's that's so cliche, you know, because we can't do it anymore. People that are alive right now that I that I admire. Um, gosh, I've I've just been so blessed to. to to be with people that I'm I'm not, I'm I'm not an adoring kind of guy. I don't adore people. So I think there's a, there's a a neuroscientist out of London. His name is Firston, F-I-R-S-T-O-N. I'd love to sit down with, and he's very open. If I get a chance, I'm going to go over. He does open lectures in, Mm. in, in London right now. And he's worked on, um, extensions of, Einstein's theory and and is working on energy concepts that are pretty amazing. So I'd like to have dinner with him. Um, and uh, my old basketball coach from high school, he's getting up there. I'd like to see him beforehand.
0: Cool. All right. Last thing. Can you give the audience your best
1: Scottish impression? Maybe from your father's voice or what, what I don't. I don't know if I can. I, I might. I might try a wee bit, but that's about all I got.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, Doc. That's all I got for you, man. I appreciate right, thank you. you. Uh, thank you for taking the time. Uh, again, I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you do, the help, uh, the numerous people from all walks of life, the thousands of people you help every day. I know how passionate you are. Uh, you're awesome at what you do. So thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your mentorship. Thank you for, thank you for all that you do. And uh, thank you for taking the
1: time today. It means a lot. It's a
0: privilege. I
1: appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys.
0: All right, guys. Uh, we will post this. Uh, let us know what you think. If the episode is having a positive impact on you and your life, please share it with all your friends. I will put all of Dr. McKay's uh, contact information information in the show notes so you can reach out to him. And um, he is the best in town, so I can't recommend him enough. Um, thank you guys for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon. Peace. Okay. <laughs>